Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do we do it? Do we all press play? We press play. Hello and welcome back to She and Her COVID and Cocktails mini series. We are thrilled to be with you and cheersing each other virtually yet again with one of our she and her faves back on the show with us. That's right. We have Miss Erin Terry, comedian, uh, mover and shaker. That's what I'm saying. Everyone is when they come on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Comedian, creator of Eyes Up Here Comedy Showcase that's been doing regular evening gigs on Thursdays since uh, quarantine began. Does a really wonderful job getting non-hetero uh, white dudes space to create comedy and share stories on the stage and a lot of other good community work. Welcome back to the show, Erin. Thanks, friends. It's so nice to be here. So for... Those of you who can't see Erin right now, which is all of you, <laughs> I just would like to describe her Zoom setup. So it looks like we have two different types of colorful fabrics as a backdrop. Looks like we have a balloon and we have a <laughs> yes, we do. tiny ass microphone. <laughs> yes, we do. This is my this is my setup. Uh, no, it's really good. This is um, this is a tablecloth with that has really great fringe, which you can't see. And this is an old bed sheet that I tore up one time, but still hung onto. So like the shreds are down here below eye level. And um, this is the five-year balloon that I bought for Eyes Up Here back in March. It's hold on strong. It really, it's like, I mean, as long as it's still here, I'm going to keep talking about our five-year anniversary. Because this thing cost $12 and I'm still mad. <laughs> But I had to pay for it uh, for our last show at the Pinhook before quarantine. So uh, I don't know. It's wild. But yeah, I like to just sit here and have um, the whole mess that's in this room is just hidden. <laughs> so, so Aaron, you have come on our show to talk about a number of things. Yep. You've talked about comedy. Uh-huh. And you've also talked about divorce. Yep. So there has been some movement in both areas of your life. (laughs) (laughs) I know things can change. Um, I'm married for the third time now, which is exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. This one's going to stick. No, uh, this is the last man I will ever marry and or date. Like 
if this doesn't go like till we're old, I'm done. I'm calling it like just going to go to the SPCA, get four cats and be like, I'm good. <laughs> Round it up. <laughs> okay. So did you guys elope? Is that what I, we, we intended to get married in New Orleans, but we couldn't find his birth certificate in time. We found out when we got back. Uh, so we, we like, just looked at the calendar and there was a Friday the 13th in September. And so we went to the courthouse on Friday the 13th and got married and didn't tell anybody except our two witnesses who were friends and like one other friend who we saw right after we left the courthouse. And we kept it a secret until we could talk to our families because we didn't want to tell them over the phone. And we didn't do things like video chat people back then. Uh, <laughs> so... We waited till we saw them in person, and then as we told, you know, each part of our families as we saw them, then we were like, okay, so I guess we can tell everybody, and then we kind of cooked up a way to tell everybody in December. So we'd been married, like, three months before anybody really knew, and we still intend to have some kind of, like, ceremony, and maybe I'll wear a blue dress this time. Uh, <laughs> I've worn two white dresses and a black dress to a reception, this time I'm like, who cares? Aqua all the way. Um, Absolutely. And I got married at the courthouse in an aqua dress, which was really fun. Um, so, yeah, it's wild. Things have changed. We just bought a house. I should really say, he bought a house. I live in it. Uh, <laughs> we aren't moving just yet because of the virus. We're not really sure how to get a moving crew. Or like, we don't own trucks, so we got to figure out that. And... I don't know. It's wild. Things have just been so nice and good. It's not, it's like, it's not even my life. Oh my God. Well, we are so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. We are. What is, what's, what's his story? What's, tell us he, about him. He is just like the, the moon to, if I'm the sun, he's the moon. We are very opposite in a lot of ways, but He's a really great balance to sort of the way that I'll do things impulsively or be emotionally like, like over the top. And he, he always sort of level head comes back to me and is like, okay, let's think about that from a different perspective, <laughs> maybe from the, the non crazy side. Uh, but like I turn on every light in the house, he turns them all off and like, I'll get, I'll get home at eight and all the lights are off and he's like playing guitar in the dark. I'm like, babe. <laughs> That's not a thing. You need to have some light. You're not a pilgrim. Uh, I don't know. He's 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 a very sweet guy. He um, he had not been on the dating apps very long when I snatched him up. So that's really that's really the trick there. <laughs> that's the advice I give, which is like just if you are on there, keep putting yourself out there because there's other good people too. You just have to find each other. So when you were. In that phase where you were married, but most people didn't know, did it feel like you guys had a fun secret that you were keeping together? Oh, yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, like, at comedy shows, I had a really hard time not just blabbing. Because, mm. as you may guess, I blab. And I'm inclined to blab. <laughs> and alcohol only makes that stronger. <laughs> and so there were many shows where I'm, like, telling a joke and I'm, like... Oh, my fiance. And I'm like, hmm. He's not my fiance. Um, but 
but I didn't blab. I It felt really like I finally am a real adult who is capable of like maintaining an, an idea instead of just running straight to everybody and being like, we got married, we got married. So I don't know. I'm silly sometimes. How do you navigate that like within a new partnership? Because once, I mean, by the time you'd met him, like as compared to your other relationships, you're established as a comedian, like this is very much a part of your identity and something you do. And so is that something that you bring up like early on in? Yeah, I tried a different someone? way. Okay. So like I tried to not mention it until it needed to be mentioned. But then like all my best pictures are of me at shows or of me on a <laughs> stage because that's when I'm like most alive and like are or most of my selfies are from like Neptunes where it's obviously Neptunes or the pen hook where it's obviously the pen hook. And so I either needed to explain a very strong drinking problem or <laughs> <laughs> that I had a reason to always be in these bars and to be made up and to like, I'm not there to dance. I'm there to tell sh jokes and to do a show. Um, and I would, I eventually got to the point where I started having first dates at my shows. Cause I was wow. like, you need to see me in my element. I need to see how you are when I'm when I'm completely not yours to have. Ooh, I love that, Erin. It was a lot of fun and also really telling. And a lot of guys just failed immediately. And I wouldn't I wouldn't say they needed to like read my mind or anything, but I would notice that like certain guys didn't help me put chairs out and didn't help me, you know, uh, test the mic or had to like sort of just be directed to do even the most inane little things. It's, I don't know. I re I work really well as a team when I'm in a relationship. And I guess all those years at church youth group, <laughs> I know how to move chairs. I move tables. Like, <laughs> I also don't need someone to stand there and like hold my hand. And so I could tell if the dynamics would work and I could tell like what kind of personality these guys had. Like if they needed me to talk to them all evening, mm. At one of my shows, that's never, that's never going to happen. Like, you have my attention when we're one-on-one, -on -one, but at one of my shows, if you need me to introduce you to people, you're dating the wrong girl. Like, it was so fun to kind of experiment, and I don't know. It worked really well, and I got, I mean, I don't know. I got mixed reviews on whether or not it was fun for them, but I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, Erin? I feel like that's such an empowered move because it totally reveals and makes apparent and I would not even those words it addresses what I'm certain is a reality which is that people who date comedians can feel threatened by the fact that they might become a part of mm -hmm. a joke or a part of someone's public identity yep. especially when it's a female comedian and a male dating partner so oh yeah so you just decided you know what I'm gonna skip all of the walking on eggshells part like yeah let's just get to the bottom line here because that's because this is who you are this is such a big part of who you are right I almost I I almost started just putting my uh my first Friday shows on there as like a standing open first date for whoever <laughs> and having it sort of be like a reality show where I'm like next, you know, and 
ultimately I could not do that. That would have been too many moving parts. But even if they weren't, even if it wasn't our first date at a show, I often had so many shows that I'd have a first date on a Wednesday and be like, you should come on Friday or you should come on Saturday or Thursday, whatever. And so it'd be like a follow-up. And it was just, even if they met all those boxes and ticked all those boxes, it was also just really good for them to immediately know what I care about, why I care about it, how I'm so passionate for it. This is this is an all-consuming like production for me and I'm the muscle behind it. So you can either get on board or, you know, go away. And I don't know. So it was, would would Aaron five years ago No. <laughs> keep going, but I know keep going. Yeah. Would would you have felt as centered and empowered about what it is that eyes up here was about for your community and for yourself? No. I am continually reminded that Eyes Up Here has been and will continue to be despite whatever the, you know, social sequester is. Uh, it will, it's been an oasis for people who have really not been empowered otherwise. And I didn't mean to do that. None of it has been this diabolical, really great laid plans at all. It's mostly just been seeing an opportunity, jumping on it, and then asking and compiling all the really talented people around me to keep being together and to lift each other up. And that, you know, it doesn't have to be a competition comedy is not a competition. Laughter is not in limited supply. We can make the shows that we want to see. We can do that. So I don't know. I don't think five years ago I had any intention, but except to get more stage time. And now I have that. And now I have too much of that almost, I would say. So it's, it's been wild. It's so good though. Well, it's, yeah, it's seen, it's been so awesome to watch just the like explosion and expansion of everything that y'all are doing. And I wonder, gosh, we forgot, well, we forgot to ask you our first question, which, which, which is supposed to be, oh yeah, <laughs> how the hell are you doing? Uh, it seems like, it seems like you're doing well, but I guess take us back into kind of just this, this time for you. And then I want to talk about comedy in this time, but yeah, yeah, this, this, COVID time for you? For me personally, as an extrovert and as someone who um, struggles with what I would consider avoidance, depression, and racing thoughts, anxiety, I'm either super equipped for this in ways I didn't recognize or just completely overwhelmed by it in new ways. Like, there, I have piles of laundry and I have a pile of mail on the floor like around me from my old apartment that we moved out of in July last year, but that I got out <laughs> with best intentions. I got it all out. I was like, I'm dealing with this. No, I just put it in a new place. It's just on the floor behind me and I'm not writing any new jokes. I kind of just showing up for whatever spots I have with something that is completely fresh that has not been tested at an open mic. And that's that riddles me with anxiety in new ways because you don't really have a way to test material. And of course, it's hilarious to me 
but me is not everybody. So I don't know. I go, it just depends on the day. It just, it really just depends on the day. And I try to take it a day at a time. Um, I put makeup on for this. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I FaceTime my family. I FaceTime my friends when I can. Uh, I've been having regular uh, game nights with some of my comedy friends, but they're really like my best friends um, that I know via comedy. We do that every Saturday night, if not also every Friday night, which has some kind of routine to it, which is nice. And it's really fun. And even though I'm not actually seeing them, it does feel like we were together because it's just video chat with a game. Um, but I don't know. How the hell am I doing? I am here. <laughs> that counts for something. How much is comedy a part of your quarantine time? Well, in the front of my brain, it takes up a lot of time for me to be thinking about when and where and how we could do more because I want to be doing more and I want to be live and I want to do our open mic and I want to have our newsletter going and I want to be posting on Instagram several times a day. But then you're like, well, we only have one show and it's once a week on Thursdays. So that's what we're plugging right now. And uh, the last time we tried doing an open mic online, there's just no laughter. So it's completely different for your brain and you, you have a hard time pushing past those like middle school feelings of like, Oh my God. You know? And, and it's like, yes, you could just be standing there telling a joke, but you feel like you're holding a tray in the lunchroom. Mm -hmm. like, where, where is this landing? Uh, and I mean, there are some ways to get around that. You could pipe in like a live phone call from with your real friends, you know, on speaker, or you could put on a laugh track, or you could just like have a monologue and just keep going and know that it's funny, but it's hard. And I'm not great at that all the time, but that's why I laugh at my own stuff. Like if anything, I, I give myself full permission to be <laughs> laughing during my stuff. So. <laughs> Oh my God, Erin, I did a, um, a three night benefit mm -hmm, concert mm -hmm. live stream for the arts council and I co-hosted it with a friend and colleague of mine mm -hmm. and the live stream universe is so weird because you're hyped up in the same way that you would be if you were going on stage and you're like, okay, like people are probably going to be watching <laughs> this, but then that absence of a audience frequency that you can tune into and then in my case like the technical challenges that we have encountered just make it, it I guess it kind of just you almost have to think of it as a, a genre in and of itself mm -hmm. oh yeah and I mean folks who've been on YouTube and on TikTok and on Vine before that or Periscope or wherever they will tell you don't treat stand-up comedy online the same way you do as in person. And I think there's some merit to that, but I also don't think that we've ever been faced with this kind of uh, niche comedy before. So I respect that opinion, but I also think we can try and we can see what happens. Um, we're moving in a direction where, where we think it'll be fun to let people do like PowerPoint slideshows that are short, but funny. Um, because the visual aspect is so good and because for some comics right now 
I think that's something that I didn't anticipate, but there are a lot of comics who, when I ask them, like, hey, we're doing shows every Thursday, so they're like, I'm not doing comedy right now. Like, I can't be funny mm. right now. And I have to respect that, and I understand that. And I have that same feeling, but as the producer and, like, because I want to be on and present with the pin hook, I am not tagging out like that. And, and maybe maybe I could if I wanted to, but I haven't really felt, like, overwhelmed to the point where I would stop right now. But it's something to consider, and I have to understand that not every comic feels funny right now. And not every comic has a safety net, and some of, some or most are not working and not making ends meet and rent is due and who wants to laugh with <laughs> during that so I don't know it's it's a lot kicking around well yeah what it, I mean that I that's so interesting because it's like you think about the things that people in some ways there's catharsis around that like yeah we're all you know there's an anxiety to this moment and there are things that we can all kind of relate to but I guess do you feel like you have to be in a certain headspace as a comic that people are just feeling too fragile at this moment? Or what do you where, what do you think the barrier is for people of like, I just can't be funny right now? I think in the best of times, comics are are already a little unstable, a little on an edge, or a little too sensitive, or a little too observant, or a little too empathic. They're the reasons that they're willing to talk about hard stuff on a stage in a dark bar with strong drinks in the first place. Now, stay home, don't talk to anybody, show up to a show, be funny. It, that's completely different dynamic. And, and we may be asking the, the hardest pressed human psyches to show up and entertain us. So I don't know. I, I, I feel like, have you watched uh, John Oliver's show since COVID happened? I have it. It's so weird because he's recording it in, I guess, at his house or in a studio where there's no live audience. And it's just him in a gray backdrop. Or like he makes a joke, like a periwinkle colored backdrop the whole time. But so the, the element of people responding to him is very, very a missing a missing link and after the first one I watched yeah. I was like that would be so hard oh yeah but it's almost like after I started thinking about well how do you make something like that engaging as a comic his format in a way lends itself to that because you bring in all all the supporting materials like the visuals and the you know you have yeah, all of that to enhance and... observational comedy about the current situation but that's a whole nother skill for a producer to learn right and I mean to be fair we've had some very hysterical not stand up on our shows since COVID like we've had one gal give us a Cribs tour of her small duplex that was amazing I saw that one which was so <laughs> funny and she was having so much fun and even if we couldn't hear her or the connection was still hard it was so funny we had um, a different a different person uh, showed up just in costume and was pretending to be on QVC. Now, that would never work at a show. Like yeah. at a at a true stand up show, I I do not really have people who do sketch or who who will do 
you know, characters, it's hard to say that there's one way to do it. So I don't know. We had, what, what was it this past week? Sorry, I'm going to think for just a minute. There was something that made me cry. I was laughing so hard. Oh, this girl, we had a girl from Texas on our show. Well, she's from LA, but she's sequestered in Texas with her family, which I'm sure helps uh, the comedy. <laughs> oh, she, man. She did a makeup routine, a hair routine, <laughs> and she put mayonnaise in her hair, and then she put tomatoes in her hair, and then she put lettuce in her hair, and then she clipped... <laughs> bacon into her hair <laughs> and then the joke was oh my gosh this is a recipe it's not my face uh, my hair mask that I thought and she did it so perfectly and she was acting I'm not an actor but she was acting and it was a sketch and she ate the bacon out of her own hair <laughs> and she legit like sacrificed her hair for this bit and had mayonnaise like all in her bangs and I was the host, and I was crying. I was laughing so hard that I wasn't able to, like, really talk. I had to be like, give me a second. She ate the bacon, y'all. <laughs> but that, you would never do that in a in a bar show. And yeah. I'm here for it. You know, we're. I think that it's really funny to kind of have prop comedy involved and to have, you know, people's creative cabin fever brains are really coming up with some great stuff. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination yahoofinance.com well so you know you mentioned some of the concerns that you had about how this pandemic is impacting the comedy universe what concerns do you have beyond that about how the pandemic is affecting things like life in general I'm assuming you do (laughs) (laughs) I'm making an assumption but I feel like so many of us are asking ourselves a lot of big questions and I wonder what what are you thinking about and what are you feeling as you sift your way through this crazy time well at first I was looking at the CDC website every day and trying to have just a like plain language scientific approach of like, okay, well, North Carolina has this many cases and we're going to, we're going to need a mask. And like, just looking at how many people have recovered from it versus how many people have died from it, etc. Now I don't even look at that. Uh, I, I will, I read Reddit every night, like a newspaper. 
I am subscribed to the Corona virus Reddit. If I am empowered and in a good brain space, I will click on things. Um, otherwise, I really am just sort of coasting in what I would consider uh, a willful ignorance of like how bad it is because all of this reopened stuff and all of the turmoil of having so many friends out of work or, and I'm not working right now myself, Eyes Up Here is my job and we aren't really making money from it in quarantine. So I'm not trying to think about that. I don't compare my plight at all to folks who are in much worse pos positions than myself. Um, I think in light of all of that, I think everything's broken and this is really showing us how broken it is and how broken it's been for a long time. But in the, in the wake of this pandemic, we are recognizing the, the failures of that brokenness and, and who will pay for that. And it's not the people at the top. So I don't know that I really answered your question. I get really disillusioned. I think that we should have a four day work week when this is over. I think we should go back to the metric system because all the schools are closed right now. Like <laughs> sneak it in there. And I'm not talking about a four day work week with 10 hour days. I'm talking about a 30 hour work week. Yeah, no, where, I totally. Where people can be remote, where they can take vacations with their kids and the teacher maybe have like a remote session that's ready for that student. I think that that we're really, you know, having a lot of the wool pulled away from our eyes and able to see through the the kind of capitalist and corporate bs i'm calling them on it finally even if i'm not working i i'm mad about like people still putting in 40 and 50 hour weeks and for nurses and doctors to have been told you signed up for this you wanted to die at work no you did not like you, that is not what a nurse is there to do that is not what a doctor is there to do. We have so many questions to answer because of what this pandemic is poking holes in, the things that we've just been told and the way that our society has been built to, this is just the way it is. No, it's not. It's not the way that it is anymore. So I don't know. I, I'm rambling on that because it really is just a day-to-day -day process of thought for me. I, I totally am with you on that. Yeah. And we are such fans of Eyes Up Here because the the mission of your work was already intended to address some of those systemic issues and the types of stories that we all hear, the types of jokes that we laugh at, and who gets to tell jokes. And so I really respect and appreciate you continuing to make that work possible during this time. I would love for Eyes Up Here to be the only show that's still standing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know that's dark. Uh, but, you know, I also, I have I have a couple of friends who think we need to reopen. I think there's a lot of questions we need to be asking about. Okay, well, even if we are young enough and we all survive, like, what are the repercussions that we're not thinking about? What are, yeah. what happens if, we haven't known yet that COVID affects people of childbearing years. Like, how how do we know? We don't know anything mm -hmm. yet. If you want to go to the beach, sorry. Like, you can't go to the beach because you're going to expose 
more people than not at the beach. It's when you come back from the beach, you know, like the, the thought processes just aren't complete and we don't have any vaccine and we don't have any meds and we don't have any testing. And it's just, it's wild to think that we as Americans are so entitled that we're like, okay, we're done with, can we done, we can be done playing house now. Like I want to go, uh-huh. I need to go. No, you don't. You need to stay home. That's the thing that I'm like, I was realizing today because I was listening to the governor's press conference about ending phase or entering phase one at the end of this week, ending phase zero. Um, and I was realizing that I have like, a, there, I have a lot of fear about like restrictions ending because I think that that gives you a sense, at least gives me a sense of like, control and order and like I feel like with every increased phase it's like a lot of things don't really change like all that changes is we're allowing ourselves a little bit more risk because we're doing this big picture calculation on the big picture scale but that doesn't mean that like any individual if you get it your experience of it is still going to be just as bad potentially just as deadly but there will be a hospital bed for you like so when I think about the like actual I feel like a lot of fear about the reentrance phase because it's like we already are so resistant to following rules that once the rules lessen, I'm just like, I almost feel like the people that are more cautious will just end up having to like double back. Like we'll start like being able to do less because everyone else goes ham, you know? Right, right. I'm terrified what's going to happen by the election. I'm terrified that if it's all these upper middle class, upper class white folks who are out here exposing themselves, who have health insurance, who have safety nets, who have money, who continue to drum it up and to expose themselves to it. And then we we have all those at-risk communities who will just be obliterated and on purpose, you know, like, to what end? You know, you needed your pool cleaned. Like, I I don't know. I'm terrified. And I think white women did a whole lot of bad back in 2016. And I am not seeing any difference here in 2020. And it's really terrifying. Well, I will say, talk about taking it one day at a time. Every time I started thinking about how this will all pan out, gathering around the election, I just don't even, I just turned that thought off i'm like "Mm, let's just like yes exit ramp that one because (laughs) that's a really frightening one yep but totally i I was trying to to, uh plan a festival in november and i'm not willing to say that it's canceled because it's only may but but i had another a friend's comedy uh comedy festival in august just got canceled so yeah. I think whatever they do with Hopscotch and with the the other, the Bluegrass Festival in Raleigh, that I'll be paying attention to that. But the longer I wait and sort of, you know, dilly-dally, the shorter amount of time I'm going to have to get ready for it. So I'm not sure. I'm not even sure that it'll happen. And that makes me really sad. But, yeah. you know, it won't be worth it. Well, before we close things out why don't we talk about things that make us really happy 
<laughs> I know. I'm like bummed. During and COVID. My drink is almost out. I know. I know. Well, so <laughs> we typically close each of these conversations by asking our guests to share what media content literature what have you they are enjoying right now or it could also be you know you like taking walks in the park and looking at birds that's also been a common theme in the podcast (laughs) (laughs) i like it um so my very sweet introverted husband made a mistake and he bought me animal crossing on the switch so i'm addicted to animal crossing Animal Crossing is Yes. Describe it, describe it. It is a a Nintendo game where you are a human and you live on an island and you can fish and catch bugs and you're collecting them and you have flowers that you can grow <laughs> and it is it is a coping mechanism I did not know I needed. Um, it is blown up during quarantine, though, and I oh, wonder, yeah. yeah, there's so many. It, they yeah. got really lucky with that timing because I'm pretty sure it was scheduled to be out, and then they just released it, and now it's wildly addictive in a really kind of mindless way. If it was a game on my phone, I would have deleted it, but because it keeps me off of my phone, I like I like that it is screen time that's not on my phone. Um, I have like max out all the little additions I can have on my house, which means I have a lot of stuff in my little house on my island. And the animals that are available to catch, like the bugs and the fish, they change with the season. So like May one, May 1st rolled around and I got to catch new <laughs> bugs. Uh, so so they've hooked me because I'm a, a nerd for like uh, the kinds of bugs and stuff. And you learn about things through it in a very subtle way but um besides that I have read one and a half books I read Orphan Train which was sad as you may guess <laughs> never would have guessed <laughs> and I'm I like uh so I should qualify this I really like young adult fiction and so I remembered that one of my favorite books in 1998 when I was in eighth grade was this book called A Time of Angels and I remembered that because it's about the 1918 flu. And so I bought that and I'm rereading it. And Amazing. And it is insane how much, uh, I mean, it's not a book that was written in 1918. It was a book written in the 90s about that time and about uh, a girl who flees Boston, whose family catches the flu and where she ends up. And it's so sweet. And I remember just being devastated by it as an eighth grader going, wow, what would we do? Now I'm here as a 35-year-old going, wow, we're really dropping the ball and we're doing what the book says not to do. Um, But it's really good. And it's neat to kind of have this like circle back for as a woman going back and revisiting that book. Um, And then I fall asleep at night to Parks and Rec. That's about all the media that I'm doing right now so that sounds good it is good it's it's definitely a weird loop to be in but hmm, tiktok is also i have to like it's a rabbit hole yeah i have not downloaded it yet and i'm getting some peer pressure you don't need to just know that you will feel wildly unoriginal and not funny at all and irrelevant (laughs) 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 but there are 
there are so many talented people who have never been in television, who have never been in the front of a camera, who are inviting us into their homes. And I love it, but I do have to treat it like a rabbit hole that it is and stay out of it for, you know, if I have something I need done by a deadline, I can't be on TikTok because I'll be on TikTok <laughs> for two hours. And <laughs> and I'm just a consumer there. I don't even really, I post sometimes, but no one's watching it. And it's so good. It's so good and so wow. bad, but so good. Well, you're selling me, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it's quite good. I feel myself just further being uh, brainwashed by the algorithms because a good friend of mine in California, this is an organic encounter. She posted this outfit with this tie-dye outfit and she was like, love this sweatsuit. This was like months ago. And then Instagram served me this content from this lady in California who is like a TikTok phenom. She does video, like videos. She's done a, like, I, y'all, I spent way too much time watching her just give us a tour of her closet. And (laughs) she also did one of those dances and she was in those tie dye outfits. And I'm like, I like those tie dye outfits. And then all of a sudden I Google like where to, you know, get these tie dye, tie dye fashion. And there's a Buzzfeed article about like instant influencers and the rise of tie dye. And I was like, Oh my God. So I've not done it. I'm like, I should teach myself how to tie dye. Yes, you should. <laughs> it but is not that hard. You just have to be patient. It's weird out there. Anita and I have always done, occasionally, done these uh, screen time accountability <laughs> <laughs> things on she and her and y'all. My stuff has doubled since yeah. quarantine. It has doubled. Oh, yeah. At least. I don't even know why I keep my Instagram. I like have a timer set for 45 minutes a day. Just so like now, instead of at like 8 p.m. at like three it'll tell me like are you sure you want to go over your limit and i'm just like oh yes yeah <laughs> give it to me <laughs> wait i'll tell y'all my screen time y'all tell me if oh, this is too okay. much yeah all right because i think i'll make you feel better i don't know okay i don't I'm, know what mine is even now. i mean this because i am on this thing so much this will be fun so from last week is that what we want mm-hmm. yeah last week's average was six hours and 29 minutes a day <laughs> The week before that, seven hours and 30 minutes. The week before that, eight hours. It's like my job to be on my phone. That's fair. Yeah. I don't have a job right that now. That is so your job. I'm on it a lot. And you told about you. Okay. So this week so far, what? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, five hours, 29. Last week, three hours, 48. The week before, 519. The week before, 430. So I'm in the four to five. So short. So good. Okay. This week, my average is three and a half hours. Last week, my average was, hang on, let me see, four hours and 11 minutes. Okay. See? Um, Double it. (laughs) (laughs) I've been averaging four and a half. TikTok. 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 Yeah. Can't get on TikTok. (laughs) Well, Erin, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Of course, duh. Anytime. 
This is so much fun. Anita calls it COVID and cocktails, and I call it cocktails and COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I COVID love it. and cocktails and COVID. What does that uh, mean? <laughs> <laughs> you tell us, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find out all of the other cocktails and COVID episodes at our website, sheandherradio.com. And we will be back with you soon. And Erin, before we go, tell people where they can find you. Oh, you can find me personally on Instagram. I'm Erin So Bright. But you can find Eyes Up Here Comedy everywhere as Eyes Up Here Calm. Even our website is eyesupherecom.com. If you're not on Facebook, you don't have to watch our online shows only there. We are also on thepinhook.com. Um, every Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern Time and 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And also, thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you. And we will be tuning in. So we hope our listeners do too. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.